the bachelor of hearts podcast the bachelor australia podcast that asks the question zavi do you believe you are the guy who will give me the goat for love <laughs> what a weird <laughs> like this show is already pretty kind of archaic and yeah. you know uh backdated in some of its uh i'm not surprising anybody by saying this <laughs> this is a nonsense show this was a nonsense sentence a lot of things going on here. My name is Max Quinn. They are Xavier RN. Hi, Xavier. Hello. We begin this episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the lamb we are on. For us, that's the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. And say hey and what's up and thanks if you are a First Nations Australian BOH pod listener. This always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Terra Nullius, a colonialist myth. And First Nations Australian sovereignty over this land, their land, was never ceded. If this is your first time joining us, where exactly have you been? This is Australia's best and longest running Batchy AU podcast. And oh boy, are we excited to have you on board for something that we have been waiting a long time for. Zavi. I'm so excited. Thrilled. The, we have truly been... I mean, look, we, we started... My friend Max and I, we started this podcast in 2016. Mm. And the hook at that time was like, we both just got arts degrees and we didn't really know what to do with them, Right. And so we were also, it was also a way for us to keep in touch with each other. We were living in different states at the time. Be friendships. And we were, we were close friends and we wanted to have an excuse to keep talking. We were watching this crazy show. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it called The Bachelor. <laughs> sort of the prequel to the show we'll be talking about today. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've been waiting, obviously, like, like everyone in Australia has, with bated breath. We've been refreshing the Channel 10 website every single day, going, please, is there news? More, more. Tell, Tell us. Tell us all there is to know. Mm. Um, we are maybe the most obsessed with this show anyone has ever been and, and in, currently in the country, We'll I imagine. still continue to be, I dare say, even after it is definitely off the air after this season concludes. Well... Uh, this this is the position that we have maybe maintained up to this point. Yeah. But I think we have been a little pessimistic. Mm. And I think we watched some TV together. Mm. And I think it was a bit different to how all of us imagined it might go Honestly, down. Honestly, it really was. We will get into it. We are going to talk lots and lots about season 10, episode 1 of The Bachelors Australia. Before we really dive into it, let's just... Briefly, because there might be some new listeners, mm -hmm. let's talk about our bona fides. You know, like you go into a lawyer's office and you see they've got degrees all over their wall mm. and you go, I'm in safe hands. Mm. I don't know if any of our listeners are in legal trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've not. come to the wrong podcast. Maybe they have uh, accessed a uh, file that was meant to be kept hidden on Channel 10 servers or something. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe they're feeling a little insecure about whether or not it was okay for them to do that. Ah, look, who can say? Who look. can say? Look, but you have joined us two of the country's most foremost not, bachelor experts. Not to brag. You know, I don't want anyone to think like, oh, who the fuck are these guys? I'm going to go listen to the recaps over on Mamma or something. Where no, 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 no. Fool no, themselves. No. Come on, come but on. Le- let's be honest. We've really put in the time and the work. I am currently the world speedrun record holder for the Bachelor video game for the Nintendo DS. Really good. You also are the owner and proprietor of the biggest batchy book library in this goddamn country. I think that's probably true. Yes. In terms of books written by or about or vaguely to do with The Bachelor mm-hmm, Australia, mm-hmm. I've got to be the authority. You have the, you have the authority. Have I read all the books? No, of <laughs> course not. Let's not be crazy. If you want to check one of the books out of the library, though, stamp your card. I guess so. I should issue <laughs> the OH library. This book card. belongs to. That's a really good idea. Maybe for a, a certain tier of the Patreon. There you go. Um, I have also spent years of my life mm. obsessively cataloging Bachelor statistics. Yes. Such as how the show has rated over time, how many Instagram followers everyone who has ever been on the show has, including an update today, which will shock you <laughs> if you're some for some reason in my Google Drive. Great. Uh, or how many times Osha tings his ring against oh, the yeah. edge of a champagne flute to get everybody's attention. That ring is tings, statistically significant information that mm-hmm. I have catalogued. Me personally, look, I've worked as a writer and producer in Australian television. Not too much else to say other than that we are here because season 10, episode one is in the books. If you like what you hear, patreon.com slash bohpod for two monthly bonus episodes at $5 a month. But if you are new, let's run you through. Here's how the remainder of this episode is going to go. Number one, we are going to recap the episode. We will say for number two, what we like, what we didn't like. Sometimes there will be regular segments. Listeners can look forward to a Batch World catch-up, a social media stats breakdown, and our official 2022 front-runner predictions in the next episode, episode 139. Right, we're saving some of the juicy bits for next time in the hopes that we don't get too bogged down. Well, that's There's it. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. Like, truly, yeah. this is an episode we've been looking forward to recording for, like... Such eighteen months or a something long now. Time, right? But so we don't want to waste our time with a bunch of the, you know, the crazy stuff. All this for the first episode of a new season. We are keeping it meat and potatoes, and that means doing what we do best: talking about the how of this show. Right. What is the TV telling us, and in what way are they doing so? Right. And we do that because we have arts degrees and no use for them outside of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we yeah. watch a lot of this show. And uh, you know, it's we- all there. Yeah. The lore is there, but this time around, there is a twist. Count them off with me, okay? Three bachelors. One, two, three. Gotta be three, yeah. 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 A whole new format. The tone is different. We are making drastic editing choices, and there are several new fonts to please your peepers. (laughs) You know what? Can we start with the font? Let's start with the spate of changes generally, but font away. No, I don't want to start with the spate of changes generally. I want to start (laughs) just with the font. Okay, okay. What do we... Thing. Do you know what? I'm kind of here for it. It's yeah. classy. Yeah, I like it too. It's pretty good. Yeah. I think we've been, we've settled in too comfortably. I mean, one thing that you just noticed straight away from watching this episode yeah. is that almost everything that could be changed has been changed. You know? Absolutely like, that. In a, in a, they, have, they have achieved something great, which is to make it look and feel very different at almost every point. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that ba- that's bad, but 
as far as the font goes, it's pretty nice. Nice yeah. little touch. Look, this is it. This is not your grandma's bachelor. I believe that show is called My Mum, Your Dad, and it airs on Channel Nine. I've heard it's quite good mm. too. But I've got to say, whatever this was, I loved it. Yeah. I like. Okay. I really liked it because it is fundamentally still The Bachelor. Right. So this is the balancing act that yeah. they've had to do is, you know, and we're not getting bugged down at the start of the episode, Mm-mm-mm-mm. but the show has not been rating very well for the last few years. Um, there was a fantastic season of Bachelorette that aired in 2021 um, and we loved it. And the execs were not happy enough with the... TV viewing audience size. Sure. Even though it was bigger online and, you know, there was a big community around it and it was objectively extremely good. Mm. Um, but now they've gone, what can we do? What can we, how can we shake it up? How do we survive in the crowded reality TV landscape of 2023 where other shows have bigger concepts and bigger personalities More often? More drama. And exactly. And so uh, it's a new show altogether. All They're Honestly, calling it something yes. different. This is something that we have been opining about for a long time Mm. on this podcast. The format has been stale, but this, delicious, Mm. fresh, Mm -hmm. interesting. There is so much to get into, listener. If you've been here before, you know we are going to stop down along the way for deep dives, unpacking, small distractions. Nothing is off limits. Before we get in, Xavier, is there anything else? The last thing I wanted to say is, obviously, if you haven't if you haven't watched this episode yet, go check it out. It's on Templar. Right yeah, now. hell yeah. Um, but otherwise, no. I mean, you know, let's. This is what we're here for. This, this is that we're we're waiting. The little guy on the cloud has come down with the traffic lights, and he's gone beep beep, and we're about to hit A to go really fast. Vroom vroom. You guys like stuff? <laughs> Delete that part. Bitches know they can't cu- catch. Ah, I fucked it up. <laughs> Bitches know they can't catch us here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast as we break down. Season 10, episode 1 of The Bachelor Australia. So this episode, of course, aired tonight, if you're listening to this when we're dropping it. Yeah, what's up? Monday, 9th of January, 2022, after a potentially accidental upload to 10 Play. Yeah, we don't know what happened here. Monday, January 3rd. Um, somebody pointed it out to us in our Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting Facebook group. Which, yeah. I mean, th- is there ever been ever better evidence than this that you should join that group to get the cool scoops absolutely these are the eagle eyes who join us here in the bachelor of hearts community both on patreon and in the facebook group uh and yeah so we managed to watch these episodes ahead of time and so for literally the first time in the 600 years that we've been making this (laughs) podcast we're like prepared we're like sitting down we're ready to do it we're gonna drop the episode i'm I'm so excited to talk about it and after a brief frankly Unnecessary recap of 10 years worth of this show. <laughs> we begin with the man of the moment. He is svelte, suited, the undisputed franchise <laughs> icon. Osher Ginsberg walks us through the brand new batch pad on the beautiful Gold Coast and promises that everything is about to change. This is mostly one take, Xavi. Yeah. This shot, Osha walks us through the spate of changes, the stark reality of our new concept. Three white dudes living in a penthouse with a telescope <laughs> pointed directly at a mansion full of women. Right. If you're not into The Bachelor, you're like, oh, cool. So they've changed it up by having three times as many white guys. Yeah. Which, of course, is true. If you want to look at it cynically, absolutely <laughs> is or, true. you know, realistically. Both. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a disappointment of the outset in terms of the choices. And we'll talk, obviously, about which of these men we have slight preferences for over sure. the others. 
Yeah. Um, I really like this moment where Osha kind of breaks the fourth wall, even in like his opening salvo, yep. where he goes like, am I allowed to tell him yet? Yeah. I thought I was like, oh, he's letting us know the secrets. The tone's different. It reminds me of when after of when Survivor came back after the pandemic and Jeff True. was talking to camera. It was really, really interesting. And what right. we're hammering home this time is that the stakes are higher because seemingly, unlike in previous seasons, this time... The women have a choice. Now, okay, look. <laughs> yeah, he's saying that. He, Osha really is saying that. Yeah. It has been true in the past, but I guess maybe it hasn't been true in the past that yeah. women could turn down a rose. Right. This time, the autonomy is being emphasized. They <laughs> may just date. saying it again. They can date who they please as long as it is one of our three prescribed whites. I might just stop down there. How are you feeling about this? Uh, about what in particular? The autonomy. Talk to me about it. This seems to be an emphasis from the show. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they're talking a big talk, and it'll be yeah. interesting to see when and if it actually kind of comes to fruition. And so some of this we've seen, uh, the women turn down roses in the very, very first episode. Yeah. Um, oh, which is well, quite like interesting. One, though, yeah. right? We'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about when we get into the recap. Uh, much ballyhooed. I'm yet to really see a huge amount of evidence of it. 100%. Yes. Are but you also, ready? Like, the Bachelor, this show likes to proclaim the things that it's doing. Mm. Um, it likes to be historic. It likes to be the first to do things. It tells you what it does. Of all, you know, of all of the, because they're obviously Bachelor's international franchise. It makes, makes a lot of people, a lot of money all around the globe. Um, and here in Australia, one of the quirks is that it has to be fresh and new every time. Mm. I don't know if that's the thing that makes this season feel fresh and new, but it will it will come up again later. <laughs> yeah. In a world first, the suffragette movement <laughs> has arrived. Right. Yeah, look. Uh, first up... Uh, wait, are you ready to meet our bachelors? Let's talk about these freaking dudes. Yes, yes. First up, we are introduced to Jed. Jedward. <laughs> Jedibles. <laughs> and Xavier, not to jeditorialize, but... <laughs> He is a fascinating first cab off the rank. Here is what we learn. Mm -hmm. He is 25. Yep. He is a drummer and songwriter from the country with a bit of a Machine Gun Kelly thing going sure. on. Yes. This is no secret to anyone. No secret to anyone at all. The other thing is maybe the second thing we learn after yeah. he we see him like drumming on his thighs. And he's like, I'm a drummer. <laughs> it's not his voice. I'm going to settle into an impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll work on it. The second thing they mention is he's religious. Yeah. Oh, this is really, this really is interesting. He's a godly man, uh, a Christian, mm. and we get this like worship music over a montage of him doing the most fucking Hillsong drum tricks yeah. imaginable, right? He's spinning the sticks. He is really pumping down on the drum kit. Uh, he is, it should be said... By the looks of things, quite a good drummer. Mm -hmm. But in my humble, it would be so annoying to be in a band with someone like this. Mm. You don't want to be in this. You don't want a drummer who is like doesn't sing lead vocals, but is somehow the front person. Right, you know? exactly. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's Maxie distracting. and I both play in bands. Not a big deal. No, you know, look. Every look so often... Am I going to jump on the drum kit at some <laughs> point to get some attention? Yeah, maybe I am going to bang it out. Yeah. Uh, look, and he says, but when he's very, he's very religious, and I want to talk about that very, very briefly, not to get bogged down. But let's this, go. The 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 history of religion in The Bachelor, obviously, the the show comes from America, which is a much more sort of outwardly vocally religious place than here. Yeah, and there have been many very successful, extremely devoutly religious bachelors over in America, but 
Jed in declaring his religiosity, his sure. faith or whatever, yeah. as like the second thing that comes out of his mouth, is kind of big for the Australian series. Absolutely. This is kind of a landmark. And we'll get to the reason why I think this is important a little bit later on. It's going to be interesting whether his faith comes into play in the way that he chooses his... Or the way that they've chosen women for right, him or exactly. any of this stuff. You know? Yeah, the show versus Jed is a concept that I'm really interested in exploring as we break this season down. He says, when I was younger, it was never cool to be a drummer. <laughs> I take exception. I mean, honestly, that's not that far from the truth. <laughs> There's a lot of drama jokes. Sure, sure. yes. Uh, look, there's a whole Fred Armisen stand-up special about it, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, it wasn't cool to wear a spiky belt. It wasn't cool to paint your nails. This I find funny. Yeah, tell I'm me about like, it. We've created a persecuted minority class within the three, like... <laughs> Thin, white, rich, you know, yeah. bachelors that we've cast, or whatever. He's yeah. like, actually, I experienced a lot of hardship growing up because of the way that I look, or whatever. It's like, buddy, you don't have to paint your nails. Look, I think everyone should be able to paint their nails and not get made fun of. Absolutely, of course. Of course. But also, it's like, okay, dude. <laughs> This is it, right? He also says that he got bashed and bullied for being who he was, which I feel sorry for. Terrible, like, of course. That sucks. That should not happen to anybody. Right. But also, like, when we just had, like, Brooke Button was the most recent season or whatever. Yeah. And we're talking about growing up as, like, a young Indigenous queer woman or whatever. Yeah. It is, it's the sharpest juxtaposition to then go straight. Like, the next thing you see, if you're binging all of the batching Right, or right. Uh, no, not so great. Right. I don't know that I have anything else to say about Jed right now. No. It's Felix time yeah. as we meet a hunky 28-year-old 6'5", former pro basketballer turned TV commentator and sports bet ambassador. Mm. And maybe conversely to how you might be looking at Jed, Felix is your classic batchy archetype, right? Okay. Like he's handsome. He's relatively self-aware. He has experience on camera and he is so muscular that it should not be allowed. Yeah, he. Lo- it's very funny because in this sort of walk and talk section at the start, he's talking about how he used to be a basketballer and now he is, whatever, a guy who wears a suit. Yeah. And he's walking around wearing a suit. That thing looks crazy on him. My goodness gracious. I don't want to body shame anybody, but this man's very tall. He is super tall and he's also never been in love. He has never been in a relationship and the poor bastard has been living hookup to hookup for his entire life. Yeah, and he decries hookup culture. He's like, you know... Uh, and he's, he, was he like drinking alone at this point? He's like sitting in a bar, just like very evocative, very yeah. strange. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he doesn't like hookup culture, even yeah. though that seems to have been his, uh, his home for a while. Well, he he's knows. looking for something else. Right. Exactly. And finally, Thomas Maluccelli. We finally know how to pronounce it. Thank goodness. Our 35 year old spiritual seeker who runs a small businessy linked to the Isogenics multi-level marketing company. Please, listener, if you are interested in finding out more about this, episode 130 of the BOH pod is where you can head back to from about 20 minutes in. We find out as much as we can about multi-level marketing companies and how they are legally, but maybe not emotionally, different from pyramid schemes, question mark, and... Sketchy. Sketchy. Sketchy business. We focus in... 
we focus in on isogenics, their products, consumer reviews, and whether or not it is ethical to sell nutrient shakes to children. Yeah, so this is this is a big part of the context for this season. Yes. And uh, it's funny, you've explained that very well, but also you kind of made it seem like you were selling people on it. Like, oh, if you'd like to know more about isogenics, go and check out our past episode. Mm. The only thing is the stuff that we have to tell you about isogenics, you're not going to want to buy isogenics yeah, This is the part of it that is, yes, contentious. Thomas also has a YouTube channel that is still public in which he explains yeah. everything that is going on with isogenics and also makes the claim that type 2 diabetes can be, quote, cured with good nutrition, which is false. It is an incurable disease, though it can be managed. Yeah, some real business in the past and present of Thomas Malicelli. A lot of stuff going on here. I have such a complex thought pattern when it comes to Thomas. We'll break it down as we go through. We see him overlooking the ocean. He's already pontificating about moving his body, growing his mind, and connecting his spirit. Oh, he gets going right like, out of the gate. The first <laughs> thing out of his mouth is health and well. Oh, can you do his voice? No. Health and wellness is a big part of who I am. Okay, okay. So let me think about this. So he's sort of like, he's got it kind of up here. Health and wellness <laughs> is like a big part of who I am. Right. It's not quite there. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to watch a few more episodes. He's like, I used to wellness. live a really unhealthy life, but now I've transformed and my healthy lifestyle is who I am today. Mm. I'm like, okay, I've already watched the YouTube video. Right. We you know. know about this. Thomas, yes, he is pilled to the gills on what I personally might describe as like pseudo spiritual nonsense. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, in VO, he describes himself as being very romantic because of his DNA, oh. you see. Um, oh, yes. He says that love oozes out of him because he is from Italy. Right. Not in, not. Not unlike the way that, let's say, oil and dirt might ooze out of an Italian blackhead. <laughs> I also do want to call out here that in this confessional, we've just heard the first interjection by a producer from this season. Right off the bat, yeah. Right off the bat. Typically not something that this show does, but let's go with it and come back to it. Uh -huh. Are you Team Team Al? What does that mean? Are you Team Thomas Malucelli? Oh, I see, right, okay. Uh, no. I mean, would <laughs> I be? would I be without the knowledge that I have going into this? Maybe. Maybe. He comes off okay. Yeah. He, oh, it's so hard to separate, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Church but, and state. Yeah, yeah. Look, we are now at the batch pad where Osha has gathered the bachelors. A, what, 15th floor apartment, something like that? Yeah, he describes it as a penthouse. That's right. And good on the show. There's an acknowledgement here that we are recording on the lands of the Jürgenberg people. And good on the show. The promise of no fake flowers or fairy lights in sight. Oshi says, this is the new Bachelor. The Bachelor I snack 2.0. Batch to the Future 2. I still know what you did last Bachelor. And guess what, bitch? You're getting married. Ding, ding, ding. Osha springs engagement rings on our taut trio and sets an expectation that will hang over the whole season. This is interesting, isn't it? The, the rings come out. Obviously, proposals, engagement, that kind of thing is not a huge part of the Australian show. No. Um, that seems to be, in the past, kind of one of the key points of difference between this one and the American one. Right. Is that it's just a little bit more low-key. Everyone's just not going to propose. Right. We're just going to be gonna like, be okay, let's not be ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe down the line, things yeah. work out great. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. But it's not built into the, the, the foundation. No one's getting mazzed. This, no one's getting mad. This time around, that's very different. Right. And, uh, and Osha says, we've had these rings designed just for you. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting. I, I think oh, I'll compare this also to the US show because they, they also bring out the rings. But on the US show, 
um, the lead chooses a ring uh, during like the final episode. And, right. And the idea is that they are choosing a ring that they think represents the relationship or that the partner will like or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, they're kind of just thrust upon them. Right, exactly. And so Felix gets like a ring that has like a diamond encrusted basketball on it. Right. And Thomas gets a ring that just says sort of like, would you like to join my... Business. The ring, you can flip the rock off the top and then <laughs> it's a little it bit of a small powder. amount of protein powder. Right, exactly. Yeah, great. <laughs> and uh, Jed uh, gets. Uh, uh, their drumsticks crossed over. Yeah, or I was something say there's like a drum that. key on the end of it or something. Yeah, yeah perfect. Now, uh, we know from the previews that there are going to be two proposals mm-hmm. at the end of this series, Xavi. And I'm going to give you the chance right now to tell me who you think the two of the three bachelors who propose will be. I thought you might ask. I don't know if I have a really clear answer. Obviously, we haven't seen very much of the show yet. Yes. I think that the religion part might play into it. Uh-huh. I think Jed might um, just go for it. Might be ready for. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess I could see Thomas doing it. Those are my picks as well. Yeah. I think Felix is going to play along and, uh, you know, have a good time. But I don't know if he's going to And then there. let's say break the rules as Felix may continue to do as yeah. we get into these episodes this mechanic is different the men the way the men respond to it is so different thomas is saying to osha that oh i can see myself i can imagine myself getting (laughs) married right now yeah it's like buddy let's save us all the trouble like just fucking get down on one knee right now next osh unlocks another shock blind dates mates our batches are being flown around the country to meet a bunch of women, and if the vibe is right, ask them back to the manch. Right. Another twist, and love one it. I loved. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, so this is what we're doing instead of the traditional limo exit, exactly. uh, red carpet in trees. Yes. Uh, which are a staple of the show. They've been on every, I think, every version of the show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I've watched them from different countries. I've watched them from different time periods. Everyone gets out of a limo. They meet The Bachelor. They walk into the mansion on night one. Yeah. And that's not happening here. I like that it's a break from tradition. Yes. Um, I like how different it feels. I don't know if all of it works or makes sense to me. Okay. Um, but I, I agree with that. It will probably make sense to talk about that as we start ripping into all of these individual ones. I just think uh, it's not quite made clear exactly what's happening until it's happening. Yeah, that's very true. Which is obviously going to be something that they're coming up against time after time with this season where everything's trying to be as new as possible. Right, we're breaking expectations. But there are some things that I thought were happening here that didn't turn out to actually be what was happening. Mm. Um, And I didn't figure it out until I rewatched the episode, which is not a luxury that everybody's had at this point. So, but yes, we'll, we'll talk about it. There's a million of these dates. There so are so, so many blind dates to flick through, beginning with Jed's coffee date with a woman named Caitlin. Right. A psychology graduate who is also very conventionally beautiful. Sure. And the show is giving us all of the signs that she is going to be a big part of Jed's journey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We get to know more about her. There is this beautiful, optimistic music that like backgrounds her. We hear a producer asking her about her feelings. This is setting up as your standard batchy fair. Blonde hair. And let's not forget, this is the first one. You know, like the very first date. And normally that is a sign of somebody who is, you know, if not going to stick around for the whole thing, then at least like someone they want you to be sitting up and paying attention. Meaningful. Right. Right? And so blonde hair, blue eyes, steps bellissimo out of the limo, except They've not quite done that, have they? Well, no. Because this does not go well. No, this goes quite poorly. We hear Jed describing her as banging before saying to her face that he assumes that her face 
is her, quote, moneymaker. Hmm. Yuck. Weird, weird vibe. Very odd. He's impressed by her psychology degree, and then he says, all I do is bash things. Oh, my God. And, it, like, you know, crickets chirping in the background, and then he's like, oh, because I'm a drummer or whatever. I, mm. She doesn't laugh at this joke. I don't. There's a wavelength here that's not being met. Exactly that, right? And then Caitlin starts to hit him with some big questions. Yeah. How old is he? Is he ready to settle down? How can you convince me that you are ready to settle down? Mm. This rules, Xavi. Usually yeah. when we meet a bachelorette's family, there might be a, protect- a protective father who we would usually refer to as a guard dog mm-hmm. who's then tasked with, like, taking the bachelor to town, you know? like <laughs> I think you mean to task, right? I do mean to yeah, task. Yeah. I'm mixing metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go out on the town, in fact, no. Um but in this situation, like, Caitlin is her own guard dog, yeah. and it is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this a lot. Um, and so he offers her a rose. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, this wasn't perfect, but, you know, I'm, I like what I'm seeing or whatever, I guess, is yeah. the thinking. Yeah. And she says, so it has been lovely to get to know you, but unfortunately, I'm not going to accept this rose. I feel like definitely a friendship and a huge level of comfort between us, but I'm not quite sure that it's romantic. I wish the best for you, and I hope that you meet someone. I'd love to stay friends and stay in contact. And what's wild about this is that Jed just shuts down. Yeah. Right? He's like, yeah, good, before making a fucking beeline for the exit. Oh, he's upset. He's crook about this. And his, like, bruised ego storyline continues to play out throughout the rest of the episode. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he says, doesn't she think I'm hot? What a bash to the ego. Oh my God. Shut the fuck up, dude. Stop it. And then responds to a producer in confessional saying, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. I just thought I was the one making those decisions, but apparently not. And now, Xavi, I am waving the flag here. What color is it, please? Uh, looks like it's a red one. Mm. Yeah, and me being a bull, I'm charging right for that thing. <laughs> the show presents him here as like a bratty little boy. Oh, not fond and of it. Jed, I think, in this situation, could at least use the force. Is that how this works? <laughs> yep. How many Star Wars movies have you seen again? Uh, look, Puke Skywalker over here is... Uh, ne- none of them. You've never seen no, <laughs> Zero. Now, you're in safe hands if you're a new listener. We are going to move on to the other men in a moment, but I think that it might make sense structurally to cover off Jed first. Meet his girls and work through what happens here because, as I said, the show goes quite hard to make him out to be petulant. Mm, mm. Listener. We are moving in a non-linear fashion because this is the all-new Bachelor of Hearts where you have the autonomy to keep listening or else I will cry. <laughs> anyway, Jed cracks the shits through his next several blind dates, knocking back woman after woman right? as if they are several consecrated sips of the blood of Christ. <laughs> Can I talk about this really briefly? Yeah. And this is sort of a conspiracy rabbit hole that I fell down. And Let's I promise go. I'm not going to let us really get into it. Let's go. Um, I was I was surprised that, as we mentioned, this Caitlin thing chews up a lot of real estate. Well, you know, it doesn't take that much time. She's but the first person that we meet. She's significant. Seems like a big deal. Yeah. And obviously it has effects over the rest of the episode. Mm. But I was surprised to learn that when she wasn't offered a rose, uh, she was not offered up. Or, you know, she right. did not get an opportunity to meet with either of the other men. Interesting, Which, isn't it? to me, is what I thought was going to happen. Me too. And it doesn't. It's never explained. It's swept under the rug. And it's very interesting. So, 
when you look on the cast list on the Ten Play website, oh, she's nowhere yes. to be seen. So you can't find Caitlin, right? So I don't know any information about Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin, if you're listening, be in touch. Of course, but here's what I was thinking, and I'm not going to go in too deep about it. But we, like, at least the first time I was watching this, I thought this is very convenient that she has this long, very eloquent and precisely worded sort of script for him. Yeah. And then she's nowhere to be seen ever again. Mm-hmm. Is she is she for real? Is she a freaking actor, man? Oh, you know this is. I'm starting to. I'm getting oh. my conspiracy shit happening already. Oh, but, I had never thought about. But that. But this is what I was thinking. And there's oh, is Caitlin there's, a false flag. Well, yeah, exactly. There's evidence for and against this. Mm. We'll talk about because it's not just her. There are plenty of people in this episode who the exact same thing happens to. Mm-mm-mm. But my suspicion, interesting. Is peaked. Yeah, the swoon landing was faked, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, So, look, what happens next is that Jed says uh, to all these producers in front of... uh, Is that Jed says to all of these producers about each of his next several dates... Oh, I just fucking can't wait to get out of there. And Yeah, so there's a very quick coffee date between Jed and a woman in pink named Emma. Who also is not on the cast. There is an Emma in the cast list, but they're not the same Emma. Not the same Emma. Um, There's another even quicker date between Jed and a woman who looks like Portia from The White Lotus. Yeah. Um, and while there are plenty of other women who also look like Portia from the White Lotus sure. in this cast, um, big, just white blonde ladies, uh, th- we, we also, we, she never appears again. Exactly. So I'm like, th- something's up. You know, something's going on here. I don't know what it is. That's really interesting. I'd not kind of considered it from this vantage point. There are like, there are like at least three or four more unnamed women that we never see again in this section of the episode alone. Yes. Who we see for like less than five seconds before Jed just bails on them. Right. And he says things like, I might see you around or good luck with everything. Very beautiful eyes, by the way, as he is legit legging it towards a production van. Yeah. And so like, I realize that it is crazy for me to think like, oh, the first person we meet is, was never meant to go on the show and they're an actor or whatever. But I do, I do sense we're getting into it, um, that some of these people could, and not all, maybe, uh-huh. could have been brought in to give shape and some storyline beats to this otherwise fairly chaotic first episode. I like that. But it's it's either that, right? It's either some of these women are, you know... Plants. Plants or whatever. Um, which, by the way, we know they're not very good at looking after plants. What? Um, it's either that or the casting department was forced to just keep presenting new options. You know, like, uh, they they had to find more and more of these gorgeous single women and get all of them to sign their civil rights away so that they could use their likeness for anything that they want. Uh-huh. And then they let them go after five minutes, you know? And this happens a lot of time. I, I'd be keen to hear people's thoughts. I have thoughts on it. I think that it's a continuity thing and we'll come back to it. Yeah. I'll flag it when it happens. I, I truly believe we see, like, 40 to 50 women in this episode Definitely. at least. Which yes. is... Crazy! It's way more than we've ever seen on any of these shows. And so, after watching Jed turn down another 700 women, we then hear him say, I feel a bit picky, but, like, this is going to be my wife, so I think I have a slight right to be. Mm. Which I think is fair. I agree. I'm curious about how you feel about the what this casts over the show. Well... Because Jed is being a fussy little grumpy guts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we picked him as the first one to talk about. This is not happening. You know, it's not top loaded with just like, well, I don't like being The Bachelor or whatever. Yeah. But it does sort of cast something over the show. Um, you know, is it is it good for the show? Do we think like, is this on some level almost a, kind of an introductory like villain edit for one of The Bachelors? I think so. Um, 
he he he. I find him really unlikable here. Yes, it feels a bit like there's a gun to his head. Yep, where he's like, oh, I have to go on another date with another I can't unbelievably gorgeous woman that someone else is paying for. Yeah. Um, but I, again, we're talking about this thing. I don't know if that's because he's being unlikable right now or because I know enough about him to already find him unlikable. Sure, you know? yeah. It's hard to separate those two things. Yes. So the thing there for me is that I think the show is going out of its way to make us feel like his inability to handle rejection is dominoing into him picking up his roses and going home. Yeah. Yeah? I think that that is set out to make him unlikable Mm. i don't think that we are supposed to be like good on jed for having autonomy Mm. because we've already been set up that the women have autonomy and that this is good so i think that the show is intending for us not to like jed so far and we'll see what happens as we move through right and it's not it's not a write-off for jed you know the the idea is that this gives him a story point to grow from Uh uh-huh and we can assume that these dates are taking place on the same day or at least back-to-back days because he is in the same double denim, acid-bleached outfit for at least the first handful of the dates that he goes on. Mm-hmm. So the aesthetic I would go as far as to describe as maybe Sky Cowboy. <laughs> you fine with that? Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Okay. Sounds so, like something I should adopt, honestly. Pretty good. Yeah. By my count, he knocks back five girls in a row dressed in Sky Cowboy cosplay. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we get a full new fit change that we start to see some narrative, if not emotional, progression the streak gets broken the streak gets broken as soon as he puts on that green jumper that is like the julia jacklin crushing jumper Ooh, true yeah yeah um iconic piece of australian music merch if you were to ask me and what maybe one of the best i think or so the most iconic in the yeah. last five years at yeah. least so jed meets a woman named jasmine for a yoga date dressed in this green garb and to me this looks like chemistry Mm-hmm. They're cavorting and canoodling their way through all of the yoga poses. Xavi, do you know them? There's Downward Dog. Mm-mm. There's not? No. Wario 1. <laughs> what? Wario 2. Wario 2. Cranky Kong. <laughs> what is this? Bowser Jr. I don't understand. Professor E. Gad. You're naming like Mario villains? Wario 1. Warrior 2. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get it. He's gone straight Max through it. doing the poses. Ah, jeez. But look, Jed <laughs> jets off without rosing up Princess Jasmine. Yeah, I mean, it seems like... This is... By the way, can we introduce this at this point? Horny. 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 And we'll be sounding the horny alarm. I should probably make a horny alarm I think sound so, effect. too. Yeah. We'll be sounding that countless times throughout this episode. But Jed says, if someone as gorgeous as Jasmine wants to throw me into some positions, then I'll take it any day. Goodness me. And Jasmine ITMs. And by the way, if you're just joining us, an ITM is when they do the little in the moment, uh, you know, recap sort of style talking to Here's the camera. Here's what's happening about what's happening. Um, and Jasmine ITMs, Jed looks like good sex. Everything about him screams, I'm good in bed. Jeez. Oh, uh, at this point, though, I was like, what the fuck, bro? Because, like, he doesn't give her a rose. Mm. And Wait, I thought he did. Well, what happens is that he leaves. <gasps> That's right. And then he comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like he has a, a change of heart somewhere between, let's say, Delfino Plaza and Rainbow <laughs> Road. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Yeah, because he's he comes a back. little games here. Yeah, well, so what's going on with this? Like, oh, he goes, no. I forgot to give you this. Will you accept this rose? And she's like, oh, thank God, yes. Yeah. What was this? Was this negging? Some power play thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next, Jed gets a spatula tattoo with a woman named Belle. Uh, this is Bella. 
Bella, rather. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, the, the matching stick and poke tattoos. Cute stick and poke spatula. spatula. It's spatula, spatula. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Thought that was pretty good. Yep. He then forgets a woman called Courtney's name. Courtney gets a rose and then wheels off on fucking wheelie She's shoes. She's got heelies! I'm so glad you spotted this too. It was the best. Love a good heelie. Mm. Uh, a woman who does not receive a name receives a rose. Sure. Someone called Jessica gets a rose. Uh-huh. And then we start to run into some of this continuity stuff. Right. Because he's back in the sky cowboy fair for a blind date with a blindfolded woman who receives a rose but not a name. Yeah, I didn't even write this down. Yeah. So it's fascinating to see sort of like outfit... New outfit back in old outfit because oh, it yeah. starts to throw the timeline off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Xavier, are you grateful for Jed yet, or is he still a friend of the devil? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He hasn't done anything to really sell me on him. Mm, no. Mm. Yeah. Now Jed meets Angela, who is absolutely working a bougie tennis outfit. Oh yeah. And we are finally now starting to see a bit more of Jed's personality. Uh-huh. Let's get married, he says in confessional. So my question to you here, Xavier, is is it becoming as clear to you as it is to me that Thomas and Jed appear to have been chosen because they are the precise kind of pawns who will propose to someone on television if we coax them into it hard enough? Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Jed says, it's too early to say that Angela is the one, but man, I want to say it. She's absolutely amazing. Have I written a single word? Oh, yeah, I just wrote... They make out at a tennis court. That's the only note I've taken. Right? It's fantastic television. Mm. They kiss. There are beautiful strings. Jed is amped. On to the next one, he says. So next we see a video package of Tash, who is wearing huge stilettos while pushing a pram along the grass. Um, Somebody has asked her to walk along the grass in her big high heels, and she has gone along with it. Um, and I think this is uh, maybe our first indication that we're dealing with, rather than a human being, <laughs> well, this is terrible, but rather than a regular human being, I think we're dealing with a bit of a character here. A television character. Right. And in the pram, we learn, are her two precious little dogs, Noah and Sophia. Um, and she makes this very, very exciting revelation to us. Yeah. She goes, Sophia, I hardly know her. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, no, she, she mentions that she has seen a Daily Mail leak about who The Bachelor is. Daily Mail Australia coming right. through with the information that Jed is not The Bachelor. In fact, it's Felix. Well, yeah, exactly. So she, this is May 2022 and it has just leaked. And we've seen, the, we talked about these pictures in that very month. Right. Uh, of of uh, the very tall man. On a date with a much shorter woman. Right. She shows this to the camera on her phone. This is groundbreaking. It's fascinating. Like the Daily Mail has never been mentioned by name on this show. Despite the fact that it's interwoven with the DNA. It's part of the fabric. And I believe quite strongly this really opens up the door for someone to reference Bachelor of Hearts on the TV show. Oh, hello. Which I have to assume is coming. It's definitely going to come (laughs) in the coming weeks she was so keen to tash to get amongst it with the big tall basketball boy but as soon as she sees jed she changes her tune oh yeah there's some revelations uh about tash in the next episode yeah 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 but yeah Very for now yeah all you need to know is the growly chihuahua dogs yeah uh jed, jed says that she is a smoke show a smoke show right 
Am I right in thinking that someone has gotten in trouble for saying that about somebody else on this show in the past? I don't know. From a distant memory. Mm. Someone really took it, took a, a, a lot of offense from that term. Mm. It could be a different reality show. I'm not sure. Um, and so then he says, if I was a woman, that's what I would look like, which is weird. And then obviously Tash gets a rose and a smooch, bringing a rose total to eight for Jed. We You're will meet count. the last of the women in a moment, but I just wanted to spotlight this car confessional from Jetty where he is describing the other men to one of the producers. So you and I, Zave, Mm -hmm. we've only had a little bit to do with Felix and Thomas so far, Mm -hmm. but here they are through Jed's eyes. And I want to see if it stacks up to what we believe to be true. Okay. So he describes Felix as your classic, perfect-looking hunk of spunk. No argument from me. What about you? I mean, yeah, sure. You could you could grate cheese on his six-pack. I could? That's what he seems to be saying. Is this an invite? Because I'm be. free. Actually, I've got a lot of TV to You've watch. got a lot of stuff to... Yeah. yeah. Once he opens his mouth, though, he becomes a bit of a dumbass, oh, no. is what Jed says of Felix. Yeah, right. Now, Zave, unrelated, but I was just about to make a trip to the Kettle Black store. <laughs> I was wondering if I could pick you up anything. I'm just looking for a pot. Yeah, I want to buy some pot. <laughs> <laughs> Jed, meanwhile, profiles Thomas as an Italian stallion. I don't, I don't approve of that. Disagree. There's one man who's an Italian stallion. It's not this fucking dweeb. No. That man's name is... Silve. Silvio Berlusconi. That's right. A sensitive guy. Meditation, breathwork, polite, kind. He hopes Thomas has the best time ever <laughs> and meets a lovely, peaceful woman to take home to meet his MLM downline. A peaceful woman. Oh my God. Ugh. I think Thomas is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk more about it. Like, he seems genuinely very nice. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that he's also involved in something that is questionable. And that, to me, says cognitive dissonance. Uh, it feels misaligned. Like, I wonder if Thomas might see himself as a nice man who runs a small wellness business and likes meditating. I'm sure he thinks he's helping people. Right, of course. Yeah. Uh, for me, though, it's just that when you start to pick at some of those fraying edges, it's easy enough to look at wellness business as a bit of an oxymoron when framed within the context of an MLM. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, more on these men later because it's time for another Jed date, this time with Alicia. We are ice skating and Jed could not be happier about it. I hate it, he says. Oh my God. I hate it so much because I suck at it. I suck shit. There's no way I can impress a woman on the ice. He goes, it's the worst possible thing I can think of doing. And I'm like, what if you had to, for example, just ballpark here, get a job. Right. (laughs) Like, do anything else. What if you were not The Bachelor? Right. Christ. Anyway, he truly does suck at ice skating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I, sort of battle through it. Yeah. I suck at it too. I don't have a producer in my ear though trying to talk me down about how much I suck at it. Yeah, yeah. And then asking if I like Alicia, but Jed does. Mm-hmm. And he says to the producer, I'm in love with oh, her. Oh, yeah, this is weird. So there's a mic issue, which I don't believe is real, by no. the way. No, 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 no. Because they, they insert some static, which, like, if there was a mic issue, maybe you would want to communicate more clearly. Oh, we're getting in too deep, aren't we? Yep. We're getting really we're into getting the We're getting in too deep. Here's what happens. As they he's chat. getting the mic fixed, another producer steps in and chats to her. That's while right. another producer is going in to chat to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the producer asks Jed, do you like her? 
To which he replies, I, I like, I'm in love with her. It's really good casting. Jed is going to get married. Oh, I really disagree. I thought this was so dismissive from him. I don't think he believes this. I don't oh. think he means this even a tiny bit. Oh, I think this is a sign that he is not taking it seriously at all. He's like, he's like, like, oh yeah, I, I'm in love with. It. Like he's like making fun of the process. Well, so for me, right, I think this is a non-serious attempt, but in a, the total opposite way, right? In love with this woman. He wants to marry Angela, right? Um, he gives a rose Alicia. to a woman on fucking... Alicia, no, Angela from the tennis date. Oh, he did say that, yeah. He, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. in love with this one. He wants to marry that one. Yeah, right, right, right. You know what I mean? But like, this is... I don't feel like this is coming from a churchy place for, with, with him or, or a real place. I think for him, this is... He's a bit of a dirtbag and he's just kind of like... Oh yeah, I'm in love with her. Whatever, like you know. Oh, I didn't read it that way at all. Maybe I thought... it's just because it was off camera. Yeah, and so obviously we have to read in some kind of meaning to it that we're not being provided by his facial expressions. And I guess stuff the like context that. for me though is that this date was romantic. Like by the time all the like microphone things are done, I guess so. they're back and they're. Bo- it feels like they're both feeling it. Like, yeah, yeah. He leaves and Alicia goes, "Wow." Yeah, <sighs> I believe you know? it from her. Yeah, I. That's yeah. I feel like I believed it from him as well. You but could be right. You could we'll be see. Right. We'll see where we go with that. She I, gets a rose. My, yeah, she does get a rose. My personal belief is that this is a non-serious attempt at bacheloring because he is going to fall in love with every woman, and it is going to be a train wreck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't feel like this was an actual declaration of love. I think. Yeah. To, to me, it felt like it was just like humoring a producer, right? Or something, you know. Um, but she gets a rose. They mm. make out. You know. Um, and he says, in ITM, he says, I would rather be on thin ice with her than on solid ground with anybody else. I love that. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's an awful line. It's not a good line. I feel like some but producer is it. really proud of themselves yeah. for thinking of it. Um, and then he is chuckling to himself and he says, I feel like I'm going to cry. And I can't stress how much it seems like this, this is laughable to him. Yes. You know, he's like, I'm so sensitive now. I'm turning into Thomas or whatever. And he's like laughing at the very idea of being sensitive. Yeah. To me, this is where he's flipping over from like bad boy bachelor into just a boy who is bad. Yes. You know, like, yes. I'm just like, I actually don't like you right now. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point for us to pivot because it's now time to talk Thomas. Right. We have foregrounded him. We know who this man is. And now it is time to meet the lucky, I suppose, women who will join him on his vision quest to shake the nation. <laughs> sorry, sorry. To sell protein shakes to That's the nation right. via That's Isogenics, the MLM he posts about frequently on a Facebook page called The Conscious Collective. What was that? Just giving you all of the information moving on. I think that's his small business, isn't it? Mm, it is. Mm, yeah. Uh, great we... YouTube channel for them as well. Um, so he's, his first one, if I'm right, is Anna. Yes, who that's right. is another one of these pers- people who doesn't appear in the cast list. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she, she's waiting for Thomas at the Surface Paradise Hilton, looking a bit like Surface Paradise Paris Hilton. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and she's a bit awkward. It's the short hair. It's the pink. It's almost like there's a little bit of Anna from the OC in it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she. It, this date is uncomfortable. She's like worried that she smells. Yeah, I and like her. I like her too. And I'm like, at this point, she is too entertaining for me to believe that she's a real person. Yeah. Okay. Fair I enough. Know. I could believe. I could believe it either way. Mm. Um, but I was like, oh, this might be some supportive evidence. I don't know. Mm. She because she asks Thomas, "Oh, you're an only child. How depressing. Are you spoilt and entitled?" 
I love that. That's funny to me, but also it's something you would write for a bad date sketch, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, like I don't know, goes, I believed her. Maybe I'm just a rube here, but I believe that that's what oh, she might I, be like. I'm so happy to believe it either way. She goes like, my girlfriends who are all married with children are like, you should really apply for The Bachelor. And I'm like, oh my God, that'd be so awkward. I just feel like if you had actually been preparing for this day for a long time and you were, you know, you flew out to the fucking Gold Coast. Yeah. That kind of thing. You would, you would not say, you would have to be. Here's my thing though. These people exist. Yeah. Like I fully believe that there are people who would psych themselves out to such an extent yeah. and who would be so uncomfortable because this show has a track record of casting them. Think about Brittany Weldon. You're right. And, and you know what? It is, it's a, it's kind, it's funnily enough, it's kind of splitting hairs because either way they were cast to come on this show and be awkward for a little right, bit. Right, exactly. And whether they were cast to be on awkward on the show for 15 minutes or for, you know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever... Much Fine, <laughs> right? That's goals yeah. either way, right? And like, because if we're worried that these people are actors or whatever, it's like, well, they're all actors. In a certain way, aren't they? They're definitely all making a television show. And yeah. also, even outside of this, they're all Instagram influencers. And they're online. Models. And yeah. Look. That kind of So you know. Thomas says he's you know, not feeling that. the connection, but it <laughs> was so good to chat to you. We never see her you. She's gone. No. He then says that um, rejecting this woman totally, totally broke his heart. <laughs> really well thank you and like already it's the superlatives for me he's like it's so so good to meet you <laughs> it totally totally broke well, my look, heart he's very polite he's got good manners this but is gonna be kind of thing. a bit funny yeah. yeah like next thomas meets kiki who invites him to jump off the deep end in a life drawing session okay kiki let's talk quickly about kiki kiki's a bit kooky Ki- kiki might be the most beautiful woman i've ever seen she's in my life so pretty she's a 38 year old life drawing model and they both strip down to their underwear on this little date, which is just a great way to get started. Mm. Um, and she says, uh, you know, to get started in, in life drawing, just pick a line that you like and yep. just start from there. Could be anywhere on my body. Go from there and just pick a line, follow it and go wherever it takes you or whatever. Mm. She gets a rose and then she sees his drawing, which is <laughs> just a line. One line. Just That's one all line. he's done. It's so good. <laughs> so really funny. So what happens here is that like Thomas says, it's love at first sight, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Kiki just has this aura that like radiates love. Aura. And I felt so pulled towards her in a sexual way, in a spiritual way, in all of the ways possible. Oh, God. The energy is like naive and evangelical uh-huh. in the same amount, Yeah, which makes him great casting, but I also feel concerned. Yeah, yeah. He then takes a woman axe throwing. Oh, this part I didn't even... Like, it's too fast to follow right here. She doesn't get a name, but she does get a rose. Yeah. There's Um, a few. I feel like there's less than 10 seconds each for a few people here. Um, And, you know, normally, normally on a regular episode, we would also have some things that we skipped over. Certainly. Some limo exits that we, you know, you just kind of... Uh, take them in subconsciously and you'll worry about these people later if you have to. Yeah. Um, except now that we're skipping over, we're not just skipping over people coming out of a car and walking into a building. Right. We're skipping over like whole dates. Whole dates. Each of which probably took hours to shoot mm-hmm. in a different location. Mm-hmm. So like, it's. I was so fascinated by this part because I obviously you can't actually focus on what's happening and I watched this episode twice. But instead of that, my mind is going to like, oh, that, this would have been a few grand. This would have cost a few, you know, hiring the crew to come yeah. out here. Like, so maybe they've cut some costs somewhere in this season. Right. But I'm just thinking about how much it takes, like the 
machinery, uh-huh. the mechanics that go into putting this thing together, it's it boggles the mind. And it's going to be summed up in like four words for each of these women. Ready? Yeah. Like, he roses a woman with long hair. No name. <laughs> a yep. blonde woman in a blue dress. No name. Great. And another woman who shoots Thomas with a Nerf gun and when asked to accept a rose says, fuck yeah, I'd love to. Sure. Also no name. Mm-hmm. Will these women matter to the plot? All indications point to no. I have no way of knowing, though. You know, they That's might, also true. They might come back in the next episode and be the main character of the rest of the season, but I would not be able to tell you because I could not grasp their identity Nothing. from the moment right. they're on screen. Yes, here. and so what's fascinating about that is because we are burning through a lot of women really quickly here, there are long stretches during the blind date portion of this episode, which is like an hour long, yep. where Thomas is just not there. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, yeah. there's lots of Felix, there's lots of Jed, little Tommy... We next check in with him on a beach meditation date with a woman who he quite bluntly rejects. So this is really weird to me because she's like, we're trusting the energy of the universe. We're yeah, harnessing our thoughts. It seems like thoughts. they should be such a perfect match based Everything on Everything will happen how it's meant to. Right, exactly. Like she's practically fucking spanking him with the spatula of pseudo-spiritual shop talk. Yeah. I thought this spatula was uh, Jed. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's hitting him with Jed. Yeah. Um, and your boy's like, you're beautiful, you really are, but I didn't feel the romantic connection between us. Couldn't really feel the spark. I'll mm. give you a nice warm hug. It's surprising. I mean, look, the whole point is that the men can fucking do what they want. They can do what they want. But, uh, and they don't really have to explain anything to anybody. Right. But again, it's just like, wait, what, what are you doing? And why do that and then walk away and say this? It broke my heart. Yeah. Well, then don't, don't, don't pick her. Now we get to a rejection that I understand on a deep and primitive level. Mm-hmm. This woman says, quote, I really love culture. One of my best friends is Serbian. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Strange. What a strange line. And in their culture, when a wedding is coming up or something, the dad trades their daughter for a goat. I wish someone loved me enough to trade me for a goat, honestly. <laughs> to which Thomas says with a completely straight face, I don't believe I'm the guy... Who will give her the goat for love? <laughs> like fucking, can you even believe this man? Does he it's not know how funny this is? I don't, yeah, apparently not. I, like, next he rejects a woman washing a car, mm-hmm. and he says he's trying to be his most kindest version towards these girls before he does this weird robot arm gesture at her, <laughs> telling her, like, not really vibing. I have to apologize. Oh my yeah. God. Weird, weird, weird. But finally, he meets Leah. Yeah, so they, they're girl in the, on a punt. Yeah, right. So they're in the Royal Botanic Gardens in Sydney. Uh, she's wearing an ornate white dress, and they board a gondola together. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder if some of these dates are stacked in the favor of the women, right? Yeah, totally. Because right? some of them are a little bit nicer than others. I think they're mostly around the same, you know. You're cat- wearing like this tool wedding dress kind of thing. Right. Brand new batchy, brand new boat. Oh, yeah. This is our first boat date. This is our first boat date. Fantastic. I actually heard that people were getting around calling Thomas a dog punt. (laughs) That's great. So, Leah, we know will be important to the plot. Yeah, well, she gives him a puzzle box, which includes a poem that she's written for Mm, him. I don't mm. know if you wrote it down. I've got it here. No, I wrote it. I did not write it down because I was like, absolutely not. This is nonsense. Let me just read it quickly to you. Please. It says here, I had feelings for Eleanor that I've actually (laughs) never had for anyone in my life. (laughs) She gave me butterflies every morning when I saw her. I'd be talking to her and I would be busting to go to the toilet and I would rather piss my pants and sit there and talk to her than go to the toilet. And I would just hang on and hang on and hang on because I didn't want to leave her. 
If this is your first time joining us, oh boy, <laughs> listener, you got to go back. You got to listen to the episodes where we talk about the man Jamie Doran yeah, yeah. during the second season of Bachelor in Paradise. He will become your favorite man. Thomas says in voiceover, I thought it was a wedding dress and my heart melted in I don't know how many pieces. Xavier, quick question. Yeah. How does melting work? <laughs> melting into pieces, not quite a thing. Yeah. yeah, the solid melts down into lots of little pieces though, right? Like not only does it disintegrate, <laughs> but it also divides. It separates, yeah, for sure. Like let's say you were scheming to melt down a pyramid, for example. Okay, yeah, some kind of, I mean, I don't know what term you would use for no. that, but yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Melt into lots of different pieces. Little chunks. Yeah. This is an interesting thing. So the thing that she actually reads to him is talking about like her parents who have been married for 36 years mm. and you know, the loyalty and respect that they have for each other is just like water in the ocean and, you know, very, like, uh, florid sort of um, language here. And combining that with the white dress that she's wearing or whatever, it seems to be we're getting a bit of a character type here. And I think it's not unfair to say that she is going to be put into the box of the stage five clinger. Oh, do you think? I thought she's being given wifey vibes. Oh, well, I think a little bit, but I think over the course of this episode of the next one, it, it gets ratcheted up a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. Um, look, I, I think TBD at this point. I think uh-huh. you're right. Maybe a little too soon to assume. But Thomas is so affected by this that he begins oh, to cry in his ITM. Fascinating, right? Like, this is the most bewildering piece of television that I have seen on this show right. in some time. Because, because there's nothing about this that is bad. No. Like, he's allowed to cry if he wants to. I think that's wonderful that he can be vulnerable or whatever. Yeah. But also, I think that this is, like, this plays out funnier to me than I think he is interpreting it. Way funnier. Like, the fact that she's wearing this, the fact that she's reading the thing. Like, these are archetypes that we've seen so many times over and over in Batchy. Uh-huh. And to me, it's like, yeah, someone's going to do that. Like, you... It's, He's it, experiencing it, it, like, the first time. Has he ever watched the show? Maybe not. Mm, I don't know. He says to the camera, I experienced something that, on this date, I've never experienced before in my life. It was such... A short interaction, but it was so, so deep. He sounds like Terrence and Philip. From <laughs> <South> <laughs> what do you say, Philip? <laughs> um, I'm not your buddy, guy. <laughs> I could literally see from her eyes her soul, and wow. she was just the sweetest girl I've ever met. I'm he tearing says, up right now. He says, I can't believe I'm crying. And I say, me neither, my friend. No, this is the thing about it, right? Like... So then the producer comes Another in. Another producer steps in. And yeah. she steps in and she gives him a big hug and she says, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Great producing. Sure. Uh, like, and this breaking the fourth wall kind of thing that's happening here is a, I don't know, a new hallmark of this show, I guess. Yeah, they do it from time to time, but it's rare that we see it so many times. In, in, yeah. Especially in the first episode. Exactly that. But I think that as long as they don't overplay it for the rest of the the rest of the show. I don't hate this it. This could be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we definitely are getting the impression that Leah is one to keep our eyes on. 100%, right? Leah describes this as the best date she has ever had in her conversation with the man who appears to have been piloting the punt. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the magic in quite the same way that maybe they were. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a funny situation where it's like it breeds to me as someone doing a stunt but to him, he interprets it as, like, someone is doing exactly what I want, you know? Like, yeah, 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 exactly that, right? And, like, this show can make you feel the magic when it wants to. That's true. And I don't think it wanted us to there. Right. And I think it maybe 
it made him feel the magic. Yeah. And it, and and then it hid the magic away from us a little totally. bit. Totally. Yeah. The the crying was so much. Anyway. Yeah. That's all for Thomas. See you next episode. Right, right. And it is now time for us to reunite with six foot five Felix, the Baskchula. <laughs> the what? The Baskchula. What are you saying? Busk. Busk. Bask. Oh, Bask. Basketball. Basketchula. Basket. And meet some of his women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We begin with Crystal, and we also begin by noting that in setting it out this way, we realize that oops, neither Thomas nor Jed has selected a woman of colour among their prospective partners. I think you're right. I don't know 100% for certain. Oh, Felix has one that we... Yeah, Felix. (laughs) Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Crystal is the first non-white woman that we are introduced to. And just noting... There's one woman who is First Nations and I don't know... Also picked by Felix. Also picked by Felix. Oh my God. Felix picked three women of colour among his candidates. Uh Look, I don't know. I mean, Jed it's murky. And Thomas there's some cultural backgrounds zero. we don't really know about. But, yeah. like, it's obviously... So, yes, you're right. The cultural background, there's one woman who's Lebanese. Right, exactly. And uh, she is picked by Thomas, but she gets... Something happens to her. Okay. All right. Look, your, your point stands that, obviously, this season is blatantly, overwhelmingly white mm. uh, in a way that we're obviously kind of used to seeing from this show, but it, it remains a huge disappointment every single time that it every happens. Every single time. But fascinating also You're that right Felix is the person to be like, you, 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 you. Right. And yeah. we don't know what order these things happen in, where they picked last for the team. I don't want to... No. I don't know. No. Some bad shit's going on, though. And the fact that they made a season with an Indigenous lead, with one of the most diverse casts we've seen on reality TV in Australia for basically anything. Yeah. Maybe like MasterChef. I don't know. Who knows? But the fact that they did that and then took such a gigantic leap backwards uh, Mm. will be the undercurrent of everything that we say uh, about this show. It's weird, doesn't it? Right. Crystal has invited Felix body painting and it is so fucking raunchy. Oh, it's fucking raunchy as hell. She's a beautiful black woman. She's from Essex. Mm -hmm. Um, The only way. Uh, that's right, yeah. And she is looking for a guy who's funny and has a big dick. Wild. I don't know how funny Felix is. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so they've got this very, very classic reality TV date of they have to paint something together, but with a twist, they cannot use their hands or their feet. So basically, they are going to rub all up on each other in a mm. very suggestive way. Um, Felix, they do this for a while, and Felix makes a joke here. Mm. <laughs> do you want to say it out loud? So into he a says or that I? his pe- penis is a paintbrush. He doesn't even say that. He says the old paintbrush has increased in size. That's right. He says the paintbrush has conveniently increased in size. But what what is wild about this is that when he makes the gesture to uh, represent the size of the paintbrush. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon? 60 centimeters like is the approximation meter? that yeah. he gives for himself? I mean, look, he's a tall guy. He's a tall boy. I don't know. Something about this. Yeah. Just don't call your dick a paintbrush. I just, yeah. It's going to have like a feathered end. Like, yeah, like, it's just something about this. And you're dipping it in like weird, weird goos. Yeah, yeah. No, look, you're I don't absolutely wanna, right. I don't want to shame yeah. anybody. Any of our listeners can engage in whatever <laughs> they want. But. You can acrylic what you want. Um, <laughs> we are then shown the bone. Excuse me? Like, they make out on the floor. And we are shown the full screenshot of Felix's erection. Did I miss that? Yes. 
You absolutely missed that. Has he dropped Crystal trowel? says, what's going on there? And it's him in his little shorts. Maybe I was so... And his big fucking... Maybe I was so scandalized by um, just the utterance that I missed the the physical appearance. A whole shot of it. Since when is this show so horny? Well, okay, maybe we should stop down and just talk about general horniness. Yeah, it's a way hornier show this time. Unbelievably horny. Mm. And, you know, these episodes were uploaded to Template a little bit early. We talked about this. And we we didn't know exactly what time slot it would be airing when these previews came out. Oh, true, yeah. I truly thought, oh, this is another big twist... They're going to air it at like 9 p.m. This is Big Brother up late. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, they could never get away with this usually. But yep. I don't know. Did some law change or... I don't know. Was it always just a stylistic thing? They thought maybe people didn't want to hand- see it or like couldn't that. handle it or whatever. I think that's the truth. I guess that's the vibe. It was crazy. Yeah. And look, I, I don't want to be a stick in the mud. I don't want to come off like I'm being a prude or whatever. Nah. But I think anybody who watched this episode will say the same thing. Jarring. Jarring contrast between uh let's say even what's the a raunchy Bachelor scene fucking jimmy nicholson yeah i mean that's one of the least sexual people no yeah you're absolutely right you know like that's the host from fucking sing what's that that buzz the music game <laughs> yeah did we do that during the seat who can say listeners if you listened and we made that joke already great it's really funny anyway crystal says she has the feels felix says he wishes the cameras were gone it is hot. A rose is offered. And I just like, I know within myself that you want to talk at some point about the way that Felix asks these women to accept roses. Oh, yeah. Wait, Do no, you? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. Because he's like, ready? The standard fare yeah. across the whole lexicon is, will you will accept, accept this it? rose? Sure. He's like, Do you want to have this rose? Oh, yeah. You want to have this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you take this rose? Very strange. You want a no rose? No respect for the franchise. Mm, Which, fascinating. Like, to be fair, it's reprehensible. Oh, thank you. Good. All right. Yes, I was wondering if that we would get into Vernacular Corner and you might have a whole thing prepared. Uh-huh. As it turns out, maybe no, but it seems like you have strong feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can we also talk about how good Felix is at TV here, right? Like, he has the presenter voice. He knows how to talk to the camera. He is our most expected bachelor out of the three, but I'm also suspicious that he might be the most reasonable. Do you think that Felix is innately good at doing bacheloring? For me, I think it remains to be seen. I mean, yes, I agree with you that he can present and he can talk to a camera. Yes. Um, But I don't know about how he is accepting the role. Maybe we'll talk about it more in the second episode, Yeah, which we have seen. Yeah. um, Where some stuff comes up with him. Yes. Uh, I think he's fine. He's not exceeding what I thought was possible for him or anything like that. No, no. Yeah. Okay, good. I think that Felix is definitely the best, uh, the most equipped skill-wise to be on TV and to do a good job of being on TV. I guess that may be true, but also, yeah. like, I mean, you know, the best of these three, to me, it, it doesn't really I even understand. warrant that yeah. much praise, you know? Look, yes, you're right. And now we are going golfing with a woman with an American accent who's giving Carol Brady. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, he There's then basketball with Ebony. Yes, bets Ebony, First Nations Australian Ebony, that he can score a basket on the condition that she accepts a rose. Love it. He does and she does. Yep. And then offers a rose to a woman with whom he goes donut bobbing. Her name's Mickey. Mickey. Yep. Felix says to the She's camera. so fine. Oh, she yeah. She blows my mind. 
Hey. Hey. Mickey. Um, oh, and then, okay, he goes to... I don't know if you spotted this location because it was on screen for like one second. Mm-mm. He goes to that bar with like that curse bar with like absolutely zero vibes that's right near the Horden Pavilion. Oh, I know the guy. Do you know? It's like in the entertainment quarter in Moore Park. Yeah, yeah. And it's like just the most neutral, yep. like non... I don't know if it's recently it's built or something, yeah. but just like does not exist. Yeah. You could sit there for hours and not realize you're in a public space. You yep. know what I mean? Like yep. it's just... It's it's nothing. Yeah, uh, I've spent many many hours there. I waited for a close friend's uh, birthday, you know, midnight to to happen after a gig there. Right. Okay. And then it, it struck midnight, and we all went, okay, well, let's. Go. <laughs> let's yeah. Go okay. Here. Great. Yeah. Like, this is like, well, this we really should have been somewhere else. Yeah. This is the only place that was open. Yeah. Uh, but he goes there with Yuri, mm-hmm. who is a person of color. Person of color. One of the only other very few small number. Yes. I don't want to introduce people as exclusively people as color, although I also feel like it is worth mentioning when someone is just purely by the fact that there are so few of them. That's, yeah, precisely what I think makes sense to me too. So Yuri takes this as confirmation that she is, quote, not a total train wreck. Sure. Good for you, babe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a woman in a park gets three total seconds of screen time and a rose. Yeah, so this is the soccer date that we... This was like one of the first leaked images when we yeah. realized that Felix was the bachelor at the time when there was only one. Yeah. This is probably one of the images that uh, Tash showed on her phone to the camera. Right, earlier. right, yeah. Um, we see this date, which seemed monumental in May when we got these images. Like, we were like, who is Look at this, this woman? tall man and yeah. who's this blonde woman or whatever. Split second of screen time. Wow. Does get a rose, but. Sure, yeah, yeah, great. Next, it's Tilly, who is going to be important. She's 24, she's invited Felix to play cricket, and he is into it. She can Duckworth his Lewis method (laughs) any day, Xavier. Do you know what I mean? I don't. (laughs) Me neither, but she can definitely enforce his follow-on. Do you know what I mean? I have no idea. No, but same. I'm certain she can dibbly his dobbly. This is a stupid sport who invented these terms. No, thanks. Whoever they were, they were probably a bit silly. I am sticking to boat dates, rose ceremonies, and (laughs) what's this? An insufficient job of casting people of colour. Weird. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, Tilly gets a rose from Felix. They make out. She says, well, that was unexpected. We'll see how we go with this. This is another one of those ones that sequentially, when you're watching the episode, there are a hundred dates being blasted at you. Yeah. I could not follow it. It's Tilly and Felix. It's Angela and Jed. They're both doing different sports. Neither of which I fully understand how they work. Yeah. I'm like, if you're having, if you, if, if you as a listener are having trouble following all of these names and all these faces, so are we. Yes. Uh, the vibe of this whole episode is maximalism. Yes. Fuck yeah. Uh, Max Quinalism, maybe. Max Quinalism. It is a Bacchanalian Bachelorian celebration <laughs> of excess. A feast for the senses. Yes. There is a tap somewhere that pours out symmetrical white women with lip fillers, <laughs> and it's never running dry. Great. Great. Yeah. Look, we're going to have... Uh, this was my pitch for school captain when I was 18. Symmetrical white women in the bubblers. <laughs> would be popular would be good yeah, anyway teenage yeah, so boys you know tilly i remember as um athleisure pink and yellow uh-huh that's all i can tell you next <laughs> good work tilly felix bangs on a roller door and oh, meets yeah. jessica who is going to teach him how to dance okay if you can imagine this get try and picture this in your mind's eye mm. she's a blonde white lady <laughs> 
But what I love, what I like about this yeah. is the reveal itself yeah. where she's behind this roller door. And so she rolls up the door to greet him and it makes her look like she's like a JPEG in the early 1990s <laughs> where she just has to load like bit by bit. Fuck, that's funny. So it forces him to go like, oh yeah, the Oy, shin's pretty good. good. And what's this knee? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really, you know, she's and it's loading funny. gradually. It's and fun. The loading gradually, like the buffering of it works. Yeah. Because like... Felix identifies this as the first date where he has felt nervous, uh-huh. saying he could feel his mouth twitching a bit, getting some goosebumps, yeah. convulsing and foaming like he's being chased down the street by Atticus Finch with a shotgun. I've read a book, Xavi. <laughs> yeah, he's not well. Jess says that girls love a guy who can move their hips because it is a good indication. I don't know what that means. I really applaud her for thinking this way. Mm-hmm. You never can be too vigilant when it comes to catching the early signs of osteoarthritis. <laughs> That's really good. Anyway, they step ball and chain their way through a pretty fun blind date, don't you think? I like this a lot. Um, they have a little dance together. He gives her the rose. Can I talk very briefly about Jessica? Please. This is maybe a spoiler. Jessica. If you're really worried about it, although it's going to come up in like two days when you're listening to this. Great. Jessica is the one who is already in an open relationship. Oh. Um, And apparently, I was reading online, her boyfriend drove her to this date. That's wild. Like, you know, on the way, which is fucking fascinating He's like, babe, do you want to get KFC on the way home? (laughs) Right. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm of course trepidatious about the way that uh-huh. they will proceed. The show is in... going to scandalize this. Right, exactly. Because they do not have a good history um, with uh, relationships outside of just a very heteronormative lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, the, the, so we have that to look forward to. The yes. other thing I also wanted to say is she is not, however, the other Jessica on this season. Mm. There is another Jessica. You would be forgiven for forgetting that she is there. Because um, she gets lumped into Jed's group, uh-huh. and we'll see a little bit of so her. So she's Jed's Jess. She's Jed's Jess. Um, but apparently we're going to see very, very little of her in the edit, because according to the aforementioned Daily Mail Straley, mm-hmm. an article that I read, Bachelor producers are furious at her because she made an unauthorized appearance on Married at First Sight in an episode that will air at the end of this month, on January Good 30th. Lord. So they have gone in and edited her out. Like That's that time there was a like a predator on Drag Race or whatever. And they yeah, had to right. And they just had to get rid of him. So this is someone to keep an eye out. We love whoever it is in, furthest in the background mm, of this show. You know, mm. we've, we've made a big case for um, who was it? can't tell you <laughs> no, that's, yeah we love them we love them we whoever they are fucking love them if you're the least significant person on this show you're probably our favorite yeah you might be our favorite yeah. so felix um says that he would describe jessica interestingly with this context as mm. absolutely to a t the type of girl he is looking for mm-hmm. but now some types of girls he is not looking for mm-hmm. number one a fitness girl who does not want to go back on the apps yeah number two a girl in an avocado udi Number three, a girl with a dragon tattoo. I mean, a midwife named Kate with a rubber vagina and a child as oh a prop. Oh, God. This is, so the activity for this date that someone has suggested, or maybe it was Kate's idea, is to have the two of them deliver a weird, lifeless plastic baby. This is so funny. From the pixelated rubber vagina of a dummy of a pregnant person's midsection. <laughs> and and this, is, this is one of my favorite moments because Felix takes it upon himself to... 
maybe just try a tiny bit too hard, maybe five percent too hard, yeah, to make it seem like he's really cool about this, yeah, and like vaginas are just like he's like I've been here before, yeah. He's like I actually super know what to do with I know these, what one of these what is. all the parts are called, oh and God. like yeah. he's just like a tiny bit over the line yeah, yeah, of like, yeah. okay, dude. he's like I know where the vast deference is, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, oh yeah, and then that it doesn't, yeah. Like I don't know, there's something about it. It's really funny. Yeah. Maybe it's just it's just his physical pre- pre- presence, you know? Something uh, a smaller he's kind or... of hulking and this is this little like weird dummy midsection. Right. It's like they cut up little Annie. They've chopped her. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked up. But it's so funny cuz like he just can't help being the focus, I think. Right. It's yeah, it's it, really it... funny even though Kate is the focus here, right? Like right. she is loving putting him through his paces. We cut back to them after some time away and Felix is coaxing the lubricated baby out of the rubber vagina mm-hmm. and saying things like, it's coming out. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And I'm not sure if he's saying this for him or for Kate or the <laughs> baby, but it sure seems like the former. Honestly, it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't remember him saying those things. I remember him like weirdly aggressively just saying, push, well, yeah. push. Yeah, fucking, is he Rob Thomas? Like, is this 1997 <laughs> and does he front Matchbox 20? Yeah, or is he um, Sapphire and he's writing a book <laughs> that will be uh, one day turned into a wonderful film? Yeah, look, uh, finally the baby, Sophie, is they born. They the baby. And Felix congratulates the baby on its own birth. Yeah, yeah. He says, congratulations. And then he says, she's so rubbery. And then he takes a big sip of his champagne and says, one for the road and leaves immediately. <laughs> To be fair, most doctors, most uh, you know people who deliver babies, they always like to have a bottle of bubbly on hand. And yeah, then, yeah, they'll dip out pretty quickly after that thing's come out of there. No yeah. aftercare needed or anything. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Grazer splatter me. <laughs> um, look, this date's amazing. We cut back to Wait, Kate holding Thomas singing Grazer splatter me. That show is so, so amazing. Um, no, Kate's holding the baby and she says, I'll find you a new daddy. So oh, good. Fucking love. I love it. It's a bit funny. It brings us to finally our self-professed cat lady, oh, Abigail. The tale of Abigail and Minnie the cat, mm. who she brings in her backpack. She got one of those cool yeah, space how do you feel about those cat backpacks? I, I think they're pretty cool. Are they ethical? I have no idea. Yeah, cool. I've never put a cat in one, but Me I have either. seen them around mm. and I go, thank you for the permission to look at the cat you put mm. in here. Mm. I saw someone with a bird in there recently. That's fucked. It's crazy. Don't do that. It's like second to like filling it with water and putting a big fish in there. <laughs> uh, in voiceover, she says she loves bringing Minnie around everywhere to happy hour. Quote, she loves a Negroni. Don't give your Very cat good. alcohol. Very good gag. Uh, and she says she's a self-confessed cat lady who's trying to break the stereotype, evidently by bringing her cat on a date on national television. Yeah, this is great editing, don't you think? Like, they're hitting a square between the eyes with the misdirect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cat lady is a phrase that is mentioned several times mm-hmm. on this show in particular. And those words are heavily coded, Zabe. Like, oh, you're yeah. watching The Bachelor, you hear someone referred to as a cat lady. What is, it, what is the show trying to tell you? They're uh, not a real romantic prospect. Mm. They're silly, mm-hmm. and we should laugh at that person, basically. Not right? so in the new Bachelor. Well, yeah, I guess not. Because this date is cute. Yes. Felix melts for Minnie into thousands of tiny pieces <laughs> as per the parlance. Yeah. 
and he melts for Abigail too, who seems cute sure. and kind. But let's let's talk about this very silly storyline. Yeah, there's a hitch here, isn't it? <laughs> emerges, which so apparently Felix has got no roses. Yeah, left. the big dogs run out of roses. Whoopsie daisies. For story reasons, he's still going on a date with this woman. Really good. This woman should have received a phone call saying, "Don't bother wrangling your cat into a backpack." Yes, <laughs> you know, fucking which a. can't be that easy. We've made a huge mistake and accidentally overbooked the TV show. Yeah. You will still be paid for your time, and we apologize for the inconvenience or yes. whatever. We're yes. sorry to disappoint you, but instead, she gets roped along by the entire production team. Even though there's nothing they could possibly do about this. Nope. There's just no roses left. It's just nothing. That's all we can do. She gets brought on this date. But y- you're right. It ends up going well. Although there is this weird faux pas. Did you did you note this? No. We're talking about the, the cat lady situation, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he says that he doesn't have a cat because he doesn't want to be perceived as a weird, oh, weird cat, cat guy. guy. Yeah. And he claims that that would be worse than being a cat lady. Disagree. That's absolutely not true. It's wrong. It's a gendered stereotype. It's one of many thousands of ways that women are stigmatized for things that men can do without any repercussions. Uh huh. And the fact that he says this with a straight face, he's not kidding. I don't know. It speaks volumes to me about it's this guy. He's just not very self-aware. I hadn't thought about. I hadn't thought about it in quite that way. I don't know. I mean, uh. it just doesn't seem like. I mean. You could uh, he could argue that he was kidding, yeah. But I don't I don't see it in the performance. You yeah, know? it's interesting. Uh, I yeah, don't know. So, I would have to watch it again to yeah, determine yeah. our level of playfulness. Well, he reveals to her that he's having a great time. Yes, and the date's been wonderful. Yes, and he would love to bring them back to the mansion, but he but, hasn't got a rose. And this was uh, great TV. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's uh, phony baloney. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. So, he he goes off and he asks a producer if he can have another one. And they go, oh, 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 I wish. But, uh, you know, the extremely arbitrary rules that... Uh, <laughs> that we have created, that they wouldn't be fair. Say that Thomas, for, think about Felix. For literally no reason <laughs> that, that you can't up. have another one. Yeah. Uh, it would be unfair. But luckily, Jed has still got one left. This is so good. And we, we cut across to him and he, he we don't see him. We don't see the person he's with, but oh, apparently he's this on is a fucked. date. He's on a date with a woman named Alicia. Oh, right? right. And all that we find out about her is that Jed thinks she has nice shoes. <laughs> yeah. There's a, somewhere out there. Yeah. There is a woman called Alicia. Yeah. Who is wearing cool shoes. Yeah. And if you're listening, thanks so much. Thrilled for you, babe. Yeah. Great shoes, by the way. As it turns out. But we watch Felix try and call him. Yeah. And he's not picking up. And the producer that Felix is talking to says, try and keep ringing. That's all I can say. Oh, my God. This rather is so than, funny. Rather than, for example, saying, let's get in contact with the crew who are on set with right. him right now, who we all know because we work for the same show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's assuming as well that they're filming these at the same time, which I also don't have any real exactly. reason to believe. Right, yeah. But again, we're poking holes in this thing. Yep. But... As you say, this is fucking good TV. It's really, it's really fun really to watch. Good TV, right? Jed picks up the phone and he's like, "Felix, what do you want?" Right. He's in the backseat of a limo. But apt. Pardon? It's rude, but it's apt. Yeah, and he's in the backseat of a limo, clearly on his way away from this date, which I guess didn't go well, mm-hmm. even though the shoes were good. Yeah. And uh, That's what I look for, Felix instigates the bro code. It's so funny. If there was ever a time for us to follow the bro code, it's fucking now, mate. Right. When I need it. And Jed goes, well, I guess I am a bro, yeah. so I have no so choice. I have no choice but to give you my 
one rose so mm-hmm. that you can have 11 women in the house and I can have nine. Mm-hmm. Which to me says, Jed just didn't fucking want a tenth. You know, of like the, he couldn't find a tenth woman he liked. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, I do like that he asks Felix, will you accept my rose? That is great. It's very, it's cute. very cute. And Felix laughs out loud because while we agree that that's cute, mm. Felix is laughing because can you imagine yeah. if a man asked another man that question on I this know, show? I know. Wouldn't that be, I mean, it's ludicrous. It would be insane. You and know? obviously the higher ups at Channel 10 would <laughs> never allow it. And it Could you believe well. it? You know, And can you believe this? Out on the road today, mm. I saw a Jed head sticker on a Cadillac. <laughs> And a little voice inside my head said, don't look batch. You can never look batch. <laughs> I've been sitting on that for fucking six months. That's really good. Um, and then I quite like this, the way that they wrap this up. We hear the flowers that bloom in the spring from Gilbert and Sullivan's mm-hmm. The Mikado, mm-hmm. which is a piece of like a light opera that I truly love. Um, and he goes over to a tree to pick a couple of leaves to stand in for the rose because obviously it's across town. It's really lovely. And it's very cute. And 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 then uh, Abigail goes, can you get one for uh, Minnie as well? And he does. Yep. He hands both a big, beautiful green... Uh, leaf. Leaf. Yep. Big fan of this. I and, thought it was really nice. And Felix does a little skip jump as he walks away. And then they, like, letterbox the screen in. And it's yeah. like, it looks like a fucking art film. <laughs> it's really, like, it's it's a French movie suddenly. It's totally. It's like yeah. a fucking Goddard thing or whatever. Yeah. It's super cute. I yeah. like this a lot. Um, maybe my my favorite moment for Felix. It was a great Felix moment, yeah. I thought. And it's definitely like enhanced by the editing. But the way that he says to her, look, yeah, I'm broken every rule in this thing and I have feelings for you more than I have feelings for anyone else. Yeah. So let's go. And I like that even though this does feel like it's constructed, yeah. um, it sets the tone that the rules are not as firm as they always have been. 100%. It's a great thing to have in the first episode yes. where you're like, okay, yeah, they really are changing some things, you know? And then we return to the mansion. That's right. And, and to be and honest with you, I don't know that there's too much that we need to cover here because most of it happens in your episode. Exactly. Yeah. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna be back tomorrow yes. with another episode, uh, which we will recap and we'll talk about. You know, they start trickling into the mansion and they find out something very surprising. Yeah. Look, um, lots, lots to, to cover get off. I just want to quickly talk about the uh, the coming this season. Oh yes. That they show us at the end because yes. I think that's got some juice in it. So Osha teases that rose ceremonies will become, quote, an open forum where everyone has an opinion. Okay. Which is great. That really works out for Twitter everyone, Twitter could be it? going downhill any day. So yeah. now we've finally got a great replacement. Great. You just need to be... Uh, yeah, everyone download the rose ceremony app. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, you the, accept this prose. The, <laughs> that's good. The uh, open relationship storyline is teased. Um, Felix says, quote, I love a threesome, but I just don't want to do it with my wife, which doesn't seem good no. that seems real sketchy that to me. seems uh, not sure what he means no me neither don't know if i like the sound of it yeah uh we see somebody leaving the mansion with a roller bag saying i've had enough before jed says to a woman who i think is maybe the same woman mm. but i don't actually know for sure mm. we don't see her face uh i appreciate that you're back but you left fascinating juicy mm. um and of course then there's just like a fucking hypercut of lots and lots of people crying and then lots and lots of people kissing and mm. then two proposals. Um, it's going to be a very exciting, very weird season of TV. Weirder than we expected. I am so excited for this big, weird series of television. Me too. If you want to follow along with us, 
patreon.com slash bohpod is a good place to go for two bonus episodes a month for five dollars except this month except for this month because here's what's happening they're going to fucking smash us. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of episodes. We have another episode of our podcast coming out tomorrow, yes. right after episode two airs. Yes. And then we're going to try and get on top of the third one as quickly as possible. We're going to try and keep up with all this. we got a little head start, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, please uh, come join us on social media. Um, come listen to the next episode. Share it with a friend. This is such are. a good point to jump on. Fucking A. Yeah, look, welcome. We are so happy to have you here as we begin season 10 of The Bachelor Australia. The new... BOH pod in the new Bachelor era. Should we make some really strange stylistic changes as well? You know, to really shuffle things around. Do you know what? Maybe we should do uh, Christopher Nolan memento style. Maybe we start at the end and go backwards. <laughs> Just play the podcast in reverse. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you. I really, really, really briefly. Mm. I know we're trying to wrap up. There are a couple of um, sort of stylistic choices. Um, a lot of, there are a lot of choices that have been made specifically to make it look and feel different. And yes. I think we talked about yes. a lot of them today, but, uh, and you know, some of them work, some of them don't, yes. but I think there are a couple that I just wanted to quickly spotlight. Um, I listened to a podcast that Osha was on, um, earlier this week called TV Reload, okay. which I've never listened to before, but it's, uh, it's quite good. It's like very behind the scenes sort of insight into cool. TV production. Um, and he mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to spotlight because I didn't pick up on them on my first watch, but it'll be interesting to keep in mind as we go ahead. Okay. Um, the lighting in the mansion and, and kind of everywhere that they're using to shoot um, has been specifically designed so that they can shoot basically anywhere at any time. Okay. Rather than having to set things up or rather than having sort of key areas where they want most things right. to take place. Yeah. Um, which I think... You know, it, it results in a slightly more, like, flat kind of look. You yeah. know, generally speaking, I think it's a little it's a little cold. The lighting is, like, fluorescent and okay. very okay. sort of downlit or whatever, rather mm-hmm. than somewhat more warm. This is pretty inside. But uh, it increases the scope of what they are able to work with, yes. right? It means that they can shoot uh, all sorts of different things. Um, and I don't know necessarily if that has manifested in this first episode, but I'm really interested to keep an eye out as we go ahead. Uh-huh. The other big change, um, and this is this is similar, is along a similar line, is they've got new cameras and lenses, which are able to film in lower lighting conditions, okay, um, but also at greater distances. Right, like they've got really long lenses on them. And it basically means that the cameras don't have to be all up in people's faces all the time. Yeah, interesting. Which means, like, that changes the behavior of the people on the show. Because they feel less like they're being filmed. Right. And, like, obviously they know they're being filmed, but it just means that, you know, the, the, the more intimate moments are able to come through a bit more naturally. You can forget a bit more. It feels a bit less like you're performing and uh-huh. a little bit more like just what's happening is mm. being captured. Mm. And I'm really excited to see the different ways that that manifests. Fantastic. Yeah, there's so much to come here, listener. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us tomorrow night for another recap after we break down or after episode two of The Bachelor season 10 goes to air. Plenty to pull apart there. We can, uh, we can tease that already. All right. Um, thanks again. We love you. In the short term. We'll see you soon. We love you. Goodbye.
Music to my ears. From the first moment you entered my life, just one hope.